for the love of goats. We are talking about everything goat. Whether you're a goat owner, a breeder, or just a fan of these wonderful creatures, we've got you covered. And now, here's Deborah Neiman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. This is going to be really exciting, definitely a little different, because our guest today is a retired dermatology physician's assistant for humans. She practiced for 21 years, and she's also been raising goats since 2004. Today's guest is Julie Jarvis. Welcome to the show today, Julie. Hi there. I'm glad to be here. I, uh, for some reason, still want to do dermatology on my goats. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird because it sounds strange to say this, but this situation could not have happened to a better goat breeder because I don't think I would have recognized what was going on in this situation and, or most goat breeders, but it turns out you had a goat with melanoma, which is really rare. So why don't you just go ahead and tell the story of like what happened with your goat and how you found out it was melanoma? Okay. So my goat's name um, was Ella and she was nine years old. Um, This started this May. So just recently she was a mini Toggenberg. And so she, I just noticed that she was limping one day on one of her rear legs. So that was a little bit unusual because I'm used to my goats um, having a little bit of hoof rot. We're in the Pacific Northwest near Seattle. So it's very wet most of the time here. And so they will limp from time to time. But I, I thought, well, it's time for trimming hooves. So I got her up on the stand and on that hoof, I thought she injured herself um, on a stick or a fence or something because there was this spot that wanted to just bleed and bleed and bleed. And it was a very strange spongy type of a growth out of the front of the hoof. And thinking it was just an infection or injury, I kind of treated with antibiotics and wrapped it really tightly with some um, blood stop powder and hope for the best. But every time I would unwrap it, it was still just oozing and bleeding easily. Um, she wasn't bothered by it. It wasn't painful, but I kept rewrapping it every couple days and it just wasn't getting any better. So then I remembered that I knew how to biopsy things. So Um, I actually was able to uh, numb her hoof up because I have local anesthetic around and take off the lump. And in our state, the farmers or animal owners are um, legally able to do any procedures on their own animals. It's not the same in all states like that. So we don't get any problems with doing things like disbudding or other little procedures on our own animals without a vet there. Some, some states it's, it's a stricter rule, but anyway, I sent in the sample um, because it did look unusual and I wasn't sure what it was and I wanted to know what it was. And then that took a a week or two to come back from the state vet lab, um, which is nice in our state also lets owners send in their own blood or their own samples for testing. So um, I got the report on June 13th and turns out it was melanoma, which is really, really rare, like you said. And the pathology report did say that it was that they likely metastasized, 
which means spread to other areas of the body and uh, melanoma in humans is very deadly. Luckily, there's some newer treatments that are helpful, but um, when I first started in dermatology, it was pretty much a death sentence for humans. So when I talked with my vet, we decided that the best thing for Ella would be to humanely euthanize her. So um, that's what we ended up doing. But by that time, the lesion had grown four times the size. It was taking over the whole hoof and very unusual. So I'm going to send you the photos that you can post in your show notes. Oh, that'll be awesome. I'm sure people will be very interested in seeing what that looks like. It's a little gory, but just crazy how fast it grew and and how destructive it was. Actually, it broke through the hoof wall and just was eating away at the whole like keratin of the hoof. So the vet and I decided that with it bleeding all the time, it was just kind of unmanageable to keep going with that. And then likely it would metastasize and start to cause her some other symptoms or she was very healthy other than that. So we just decided that it was best to let her go when she was not sick. So, but my vet out here, um, which I was going to mention that if you can find a vet that may not be strictly a goat vet, we don't have those around here much. But the vets that I use, they are cattle vets for their main business. They do know a lot about goats as well. So they're very, very helpful and they're very good to come out. So if you, you know, people can find a vet that is good at sheep or cattle, they'll be able to expand their expertise to goats too. Is there any kind of treatment? Would there have been any kind of treatment for melanoma if you wanted to go that route? So with her, with it being on her hoof and not healing, the treatment for her would have been to probably amputate that leg, which just was so extreme that I did not want to put her through that. Goats can survive with, you know, with one one leg missing, just like, you know, there's three-legged dogs and I've even seen deer and elk surviving on three legs but I did not want to put her through that and like myself through that (laughs) too which you know you have to consider how much work you can spend time you can spend treating as well so and the cost you know because that's always unfortunately a concern when we're trying to have a lot of goats. Was it a front hoof or rear hoof? It was on her rear, one of her rear hoofs in the front wall of it. So it was unusual. Like, you know, once I started trimming her hoof, I was like, I've never seen something there before. You know, when you have bad hoofs, the stuff will get in the on the sides or you know, the sides may have to be trimmed way back or something, but not the very front of it, you know, so it was, it was unusual that way too. I would just say if anyone has an unusual growth on their goat, I know you've had a previous podcast about the squamous cell carcinoma. It's probably worth trying to get it, taking it off, you know, for a biopsy, just because some things are curable by just taking it off. So we had another goat here a few years 
back and she had a, it was like a, I mean, I think it was similar to a wart um, right by her vulva. And it was after kidding, we noticed that it wasn't, you know, a spot that would bleed easily. So that time I had my vet come out and he um, biopsied it. And then it turned out to be a benign growth called a fibropapilloma, which is sort of like a wart. But I do think that those are probably precursors to squamous cell, but she's fine. She never had any problem after that. So I, I kind of think if it, I would have let it go, it probably would have turned into a squamous cell. The case of this particular goat, Ella, is just so interesting, though, because it was on the bottom of her hoof. And I think most of us would have just assumed that it was a really, really bad case of hoof rot because it exactly it sounds like. Yeah, it was like up in the front, not like really on the bottom of it. It was like up near the hair um, is kind of where it started, but it had destroyed like it looked like she split the front of her hoof on something. It like opened up the hoof in the front. So uh-huh. it was very strange looking. All right. And I know that you did a lot of research after this happened. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the things that you learned about melanoma in goats? Yeah. Yeah. I went on like a, a rabbit hole and looking at trying to find out how you know, maybe they did have a treatment for goat melanoma, or maybe it never metastasized on goats. But I only found a few studies um, or a few cases that they described melanoma in goats. And they really think that it's more common in white goats, um, like angoras. Um, And it makes sense because they're, you know, could get more sun damage, because really, that's, Part of the reason that melanoma starts is that anything that triggers that melanin in the skin, which is the pigment cells in the skin, to be activated, they can just start growing uncontrollably. And so, you know, white animals are areas where there's not as much hair coverage or light skin. So they said that it was more common actually in the area that my goat had it by the top of the hoof, the coronary band, and the udders. And then there was one article where it talked about one that was around a goat's eye, and it was like a white angora goat that they had found one. I did used to have some white pagora goats, and they did get lots of freckles on their noses, around their eyes, on their tail web. You know, so I... After I read that, I remembered them getting a lot of freckles that they weren't born with. So, you know, maybe that's where they, these things start from. The Merck manual um, did say kind of the cancer age of goats is eight or nine years old. And that was about what my goat was. And the cancer age is an age where an animal, it's very rare to find cancer below a certain age just because most cancers take some time to develop. So I think in dogs, it's like 10 and other, you know, cows, it's a different age. And so they said it's, you know, definitely something in older animals. And one interesting article said there was quite a few cases of 
non-malignant is called melanosis instead of melanoma, where I sounds like they were just dark moles growing on a, a cow that they would take off and they wouldn't be not malignant, but they probably were, if given enough time, they could have gone that that way. So another article showed dogs can get melanoma on their feet. And they said if 25% of all lesions on dogs' feet are melanomas. So that was interesting. And I think that's about all I could find on. I know the vets said that it was really rare. They Two vets that work there had never heard of it before. So there was actually a, a vet student that came out that was shadowing the vet and she took all the information and she was going to turn it in for one of her assignments of writing up cases. So hopefully that gives her a good grade. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. I'm sure that when a vet student gets to see something so rare, that's definitely an exciting time for them. Yeah. Did you find anything that said what causes melanoma in goats? I mean, with humans, we always talk about sunburn, but I mean, this was like on her hoof. Like that's like probably gets less sun than any part of a goat's body. Yeah. I mean, in humans, we do know that it is more common the more sun that you but there's plenty of melanoma in humans that just randomly happen. Like some people get it, you know, on their scalp with a full head of hair, or some people where the sun never shined on their, you know, buttocks or something. And the only thing I could think of is it was definitely an area on this goat that was, you know, had white hair. And her hoof was not dark. It was, I think she had white hooves. And our area does not get that much sun. So, like, I don't think hers was from sun. But I did want to mention, especially for people with that are clipping their goats for shows or do live in a super sunny area and have light-colored goats, you can put sunscreen on them. I had heard that just sprinkling baby powder on their back was a good sunscreen but I just looked that up and it does not really have it has like SPF one so it's like not really anything but they do make some horse sunscreens and I will send you some links Deborah of some of the ones that I found there's um, one that I want to find and try on my goats, it's called Equishield and it has zinc and it has some chlorhexidine for antiseptic and it has citronella and aloe. So it's like a bug repellent and soothing. And if they did get sunburn, it would be an antiseptic. So I thought that was really cool. And they make a lot of sunscreens for dogs. Interestingly, that dog sunscreen does not have the zinc oxide because I guess if they lick it off their nose or their feet or whatever, dogs are sensitive to having too much zinc and they can get toxic levels of zinc. Now our goats probably all need more zinc, so I'm not worried about that part. Yeah, and they don't lick themselves like dogs either, so I wouldn't 
No, <laughs> no. But yeah, I definitely feel like I was lucky to have identified this earlier. I, you know, I definitely would have gotten my vet involved if I couldn't, you know, have sent it into the vet lab because it definitely was something that wasn't acting normal. So I just would hope people would be like, if something is not normal, check it out, get a biopsy, see what it is. It, it wasn't very expensive for me to get the biopsy done. So worth knowing. Yeah, that's really good information. If somebody, you know, like you accidentally hit a blood vessel when you're trimming hooves, it doesn't bleed that long. If, you, if it's blood fraud, even, it doesn't bleed that long. I mean, we're talking minutes, not days. <laughs> right. And hers would stop bleeding as, as soon as I put wrap on, on it. Like, you know, there wasn't that much blood in the bandage when I would remove it. But as soon as I opened it up and moved the thing, it would just drip, 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 drip. It was just, if I would have left it unwrapped, she would have probably become anemic within a matter of a couple days or, you know, whatever. It would have just constant. So it was just like, this is just not responding to the normal things that I would think if it was just an injury. Right. Yeah. I mean, usually if I nick a goat when I'm trimming hooves, I put the blood stop powder. I put a big pile of it on the milk stand because that's where I trim them. And then I stick the goats. Mm -hmm. And then they're standing in the blood stop powder. And that's pretty much the end of it. And then the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Between the pressure and the blood stop powder, by the time you're done, it's stopped bleeding. So I, I think, I guess the biggest red flag here for people to look for is if they have something like this on a hoof, it's just that it's not going to stop. Like it just didn't stop bleeding for your goat. Right. Yeah. The tissue wasn't normal. It didn't act normal. And, you know, like a melanoma could really be anywhere. And so I guess the other signs, if it was like a big dark lump showing up somewhere that just looked like a funny dark mole, you know, if you look at the pictures of the, end result of this melanoma it did look like a really big nasty melanoma on a human as well they you know they look funny colored and dark but here's a old farmer's hack for stopping blood if you can't find your blood stop powder or it's not working very well is if you grab a handful of old cobwebs that we all have in our barns that is very good coagulant and there's something in the web that is what the spider uses when they wrap up their prey that dries them up or whatever but I've done that many many a times so you just grab a little handful it'll be all dusty and stuff so you might want to afterwards put some uh, antiseptic on but it works great to stop like hoof trimming bleeding or if they headbutt their little disbutting scabs off or something like that some little you know bleeding like that it will stop it right away that's my non-medical advice <laughs> is there anything else that you think people need to know about melanoma in goats um i would just 
keep it in the back of your mind. It's not going to be very common. There's probably, you know, I think people are going to see a squamous cell carcinoma more commonly, but I think it's worth checking to see what things are that don't heal. And then, you know, getting the vet involved when you need to. So. And I think when I was reading about the squamous cell, it usually happens on hairless parts of the body, but it sounds like melanoma could happen even where there's hair. Yeah, I think that it would be less common because of the sun connection. You know, it would be more common on the, on the less hair area. But, you know, again, like mine was in the middle of a hoof. You know, it'd be the same. Humans can get melanomas under their fingernails or toenails. It's not common, but it can happen. Right. So my goat was just unlucky. Yeah. And lucky that she didn't suffer with it, though. So. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the main reason I like to give people information about something when it's not curable. Because, like, when my goat got squamous cell carcinoma, my vet didn't know what it was. And the poor goat suffered for so much longer than she should have because we were treating her oh. for a skin infection and I was quote unquote yeah. up the, the area. And so like the pictures I have of it, how raw it was because I was cleaning it up and putting prescription antibiotic ointment on it and giving her injections. I mean, like I just made that poor goat miserable and all for nothing, you know? So I think sometimes the best thing you can do is just like get a definitive diagnosis and no, right. you can't do anything. And the most humane thing to do might be to put the goat down. Yeah. Well, in human skin, even like a full thickness laceration or a surgical wound, it will fully heal in, you know, two weeks that you can take the stitches out and it will be healed together. Now that takes longer if there's some infection, but not that much longer, like maybe another week or so, you know, so like if, if you have a wound or something that isn't really not responding to a course of antibiotics and normal amount, like, I mean, I guess that's what I was doing. I was giving it some normal amount of time to heal by wrapping it and putting antibiotics on it and, you know giving it some time and then it didn't heal in a normal amount of time. So then that's when I thought of biopsying it. So anything like that, an infection, if you treat it with antibiotics, it should heal. So things that don't heal could be cancerous. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You just don't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again when you're not getting any result. You've got to assume that something else yeah. is going on. All right. Well, thanks yeah. so much for joining yeah. us today. And hopefully if I come up with any other unusual goat dermatology, I'll, I'll let you know. But there are some interesting dermatology things that goats deal with, too. And that's it for today's show. If you haven't already done so, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes. To see show notes, you can always visit ForTheLoveOfGoats.com. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lovegoatspodcast. See you again next time. Bye for now.